at all the things Amazon's given us, ladies and gentlemen, come on, we read differently today. Look at the automation being brought to our homes. Look at the crazy things that they have invented and given us same day delivery. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They're doing so many crazy things that takes billions of dollars of investment. Government says, you know what? We'll forego a little bit of tax money today for a ton later. Right. You know, we'll forego a little bit of tax money right now for you to create jobs, employment, stability, housing, food, blah, blah, all of this stuff. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and I cannot wait for today's guest. Um, my next guest is someone that I have to... Like, I've known about him for a while, and I've seen him around on social media back and forth. And I remember... Um, when I first sent him a friend request on Facebook, I didn't even know he had a Facebook profile that you could like send a friend request. And I thought, man, this guy has a picture of, I can't remember what type of car it was as your background like thing or whatever. I was like, this guy clearly is not using his Facebook profile. He must be big, right? Because he's not selling on his Facebook profile. Um, but my next guest, guys, he has done, he's a true entrepreneur, like seriously, seriously an entrepreneur. He's been in it for 16, going on 17 years. He's done over $250 million in sales. He's spoken on stage for Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. Uh, he has a nonprofit. He does all sorts of stuff to help uh, villages in India. He's just an awesome dude. And I'm so happy that we get to talk. Onyx Singhal. Did I pronounce that right? You did, man. You did. Thanks Look for having that. me. I'm excited. Yeah, welcome, man. How you been, dude? I've been good, man. Uh, hustling away, busy. Life is good, blessed, no complaints. But uh, you know, living the entrepreneurial life of uh, ups and downs and sides and left and right, just loving life, dude. I love it. I, you're always on the move, dude. Like you're always doing something. Every ever since we've connected, you're like, yo, can anybody connect me with this person? Yo, Josh, can you introduce me to this person? I'm like, this dude is constantly connecting and doing something. How do you like? Yeah. Like, what's your main focus, dude? Because you've done a lot. Like, what do you mainly do? Yeah. So at Learn, our main focus right now, and that's L-U-R-N for anyone wondering, um, is to build our platform. We are building a platform that we're committed to connecting 10 million entrepreneurs all over the world through. And I mean, this platform, we've been building it out for three years. It's been live for almost a year and a half. It's still a baby. I mean, there are so many features and things we've got to do in it. But we've already got authors and experts like Damon John from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Bob Proctor. They're already in there. They're published. Nice. And we're just expanding the relationships. That's why I reached out to you that did it connect me to someone because we wanted to get them published in the platform. And um, that's really our core focus. Then we built this uh, $3.6 million facility here in Maryland near DC, which is an entrepreneurial playground. We got nap rooms, arcades, co-work space, lecture hall, classrooms, what? ping pong tables, audio studio, video studio. I mean, this is literally, this is a haven for entrepreneurs. So we Built this one out selfishly for myself. It's six minutes from my house. I use it every day. That's where we're growing the company from. But you know, we're kind of seeing how this whole thing works because entrepreneurs, 
don't just want to connect virtually. We need a place. We need a home, man. Learn yeah, we do. Whole, our slogan at Learn is we are the transformational home for entrepreneurs. And so I really take attention to that word home. And so that's what we built here. But yeah, I got a lot going on. But if you were to ask me all of the things I work on, they're all meant to drive more people to sign up at LURN.com, learn.com. My podcast, social media, ads, campaigns, webinars, everything. It's all about get more people into the community, connect people worldwide. Because here's my thing, right? And I think we're going to talk about this. I'm very big on our governments. I don't care who's in the government <laughs> worldwide. They're not going to solve any of our problems in this yeah. world. They're not capable of it. Okay. Mm. They're not entrepreneurs are who have been solving problems and who will continue to solve problems. So if you want to cure world hunger, we're not going to do it through some bill that's passed in Congress. We're going to do it because an entrepreneur is going to figure out a way to do it. So my mission, man, I always said, you know, when I die, I want to die knowing that I made an impact on the world. Not like, oh, I changed a life or two. I like literally want to know the world is different because I existed. But I'm like, that's a big mission, man. I don't trust my ability to invent the next iPhone or to invent the next you know, computer. So right. I don't think I could do it myself. So I was like, huh, let me, let me growth hack this goal of mine. Why don't I build an army? If I build yeah. an army, then I can do it. So I was like, let me build an army of 10 million entrepreneurs and if you get 10 million entrepreneurs out there doing stuff, it's going to create change. It's, it's yeah. fundamentally, you know, what's going to happen. So that, that's what I'm doing. That's the grand big picture. That's awesome, dude. Okay. I got to start with this playground though. Is it like a membership? Like do people like come and chill or like how, how does one get involved with access to such a membership place or have such it's a place? So it's so funny, man. People ask me, people ask me this all the time. They're like, what's your vision with the Learn Center? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so you literally just spend $3.6 million to build a place and you have no idea what to do with it. I'm like, pretty much. <laughs> we're letting the community figure it out. Look, I do so many events. I was spending so much money at Marriott I and at the AV companies that it actually just made sense for me to build a facility where I can do my own events. I have my own video studio. I got a beautiful studio now. I can do like, we, I can do so many cool things in this place. So for me, it was like, I'm just going to build it. But yeah, we have co-work space here. So we have, like, we have people that come and just like, have an office. They use the facility as if it's their own office. So you just pay into that. Um, we've tested a few other things too. Like we tested a kind of a monthly membership for some of the desk space. And that's there. That's available. Um, but I don't really actively market it because I don't got time. I'm working on really big things right now. Right, but right. lately, local businesses have started finding out about us. And so we're kind of seeing my whole vision for the Learn Center was I don't want to be the guy driving it. I don't want to come up with how it's used. I want mm. the community to come up with how it's used mm. because I want a model because I want to build 100 or 200 of these yeah, worldwide, yeah. but I want the community to drive them. If the community doesn't drive them, I can't drive 200 of these. So for us, the first one, I just needed it for myself. And I was like, hey, if other people want to plug in and use it, superb, we'll figure it out. Sometimes people rent the video studio. We have people, entrepreneurs who rent our uh, classrooms because they want to run classes. We do our own events in the lecture hall. Our lecture hall, man, it is the most, one of the most advanced uh, AV rooms. It's got ceiling cameras, robotic control, built-in AV, can go live That's stream in a heartbeat. awesome, dude. Oh, my I mean, god! It's, it's got everything that we, so we can just use it for whatever the heck we want. That's super, super cool. How, like, how many square feet is it? Like, like so from a size 26,000. Holy moly. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. Man, yeah. you're doing it. That's super, super cool. When you bought it, like, 
was, did you actually build the building or did you revamp a, a current one or like, how, how is that done? No, I, I didn't buy it. So I'm, I'm, I did a rent on it. Um, I'll start buying them in the future once, you know, we kind of figure out the revenue model behind it. But right, right. now it was, a, it was a building that had been a, like, that hadn't been rented in, in a long time. And we just found the perfect landlord that had the perfect desire that needed the perfect tenant. We happened to be that tenant. We worked out a great deal. So yeah, when we came in, it looked like a bomb had gone off. I mean, it looked like, literally, it looked like a bomb had gone off. Yeah, it hadn't been used for almost 15, 20 years. Wow. So we came in, boom, just from head to toe, took one entire floor and rebuilt it from, um, from that. And uh, the landlord helped with that. They were participating in some That's of the funding cool. behind that too. And now the place is, I mean, it's gorgeous. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Going back to what you said about like making a positive impact on the world, right? And like truly changing the world and like having the world be different because you were here. Um, This maybe not be a question that you typically would get asked, but this is Think Different Theory. So we're not just going to talk about just entrepreneurship. Um, How do you like... What? How do you define that that matters, right? And And like what I mean by that is like, who are you religious at all? Let me ask you that. I am. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Yeah. So, so is it, um, like a religious thing? Like, Hey, I feel called by God to, to like go and make this positive impact. Or is it a, like, how do you determine what is good impact on the world with that? And why are you doing it? Like, why is that your call? All right. Shoot. You take it there. We'll go there, man. Um, yeah, so let's do it. for me, I don't, I don't, I don't really publicly talk about this. I've talked about it on stage at a couple of events, a couple of times, but, um, my wife lovingly calls the Learn Center, since we were just talking about that, she lovingly calls this my Noah's Ark. Hmm, okay. and, and here's the true story behind it. So, you know, I started following Christ about seven years ago, um, and uh, it's completely changed my life. It's changed who I am, how I think, how I behave, what I do, how I treat people. And just, I mean, it's just been a blessing beyond blessings. And so I would go to church, right? And um, every Sunday, and I'd go and I'd sit. And there was a period of time at which I could not pay attention to the pastor at all. I, I literally could not. Like, I was just being overwhelmed. It was complete sensory overwhelming. Like, I was just getting images, visions, thoughts. And so I'd start doodling them. I'd start writing them down. I'd start drawing things. And my wife would smack my wrist and be like, pay attention. And I'm like, I can't. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm seriously hearing stuff. I'm either you got to take me to the ward because something's going on with me, or I got to write this stuff down. Right. So I remember right. I'm doing all of this, and it's so funny. Our church announces a trip; they're going to Israel. So I'm like, I really want to go on this trip. So my wife and I join them, and our lead pastor, our senior pastor, is going going on this trip too. So you know, our congregation is like twenty thousand people in this oh, church. Wow, okay. so you, don't, you don't really get to talk to the pastor, lead pastor, a lot. So I was like praying for it. I'm like, I would love to talk to this senior pastor so I can just kind of ask the pastor, like, what is all this that's going on? And the visions I was getting and the things I was getting was literally an architectural map of what this Learn Center would look like. Wow, that's super cool. And down, down to the square footage, man, like this video studio we're sitting in right now is 1,100 square feet. Why 1,100? Because that's what I got. I have no hmm. idea. There was no other reason than it's at 1,100 square feet. So we got a chance to go on this trip and it just so happens, right? I end up in the most random weird place at night and it's out having ice cream with the senior pastor. That's awesome. And, and start talking to him and my wife is there and I'm like, Hey pastor, I have a confession. Like I don't listen to anything you talk about. (laughs) And my wife gets really upset with me, but I feel, I think there's a higher voice talking to me and he's like, tell me more. And I'm only like, 
five minutes into my thing and he turns to my wife and he's like, don't ever interrupt what's going on there. Let him listen. He doesn't need to listen to me. And so for me, that was a lot of confirmation. Mm. And then it, it was crazy, man, because when I set out, when I spoke to my CFO and my team to build a $3.6 million facility behind which I had no idea what to do with, I mean, my CFO was like, uh, I don't think that's a great idea. Like, our financials <laughs> don't support that kind of craziness, right? Right, so right. So this, this thing happened five years, man. Five years. Wow. I and, and I was new, like, when the time is right, I will know. When the time is right, I will know. And there was a moment in time when our CFO called me. And I'm not, I, I can remember this because I have chills as I talk about it. He called me and said, hey, I just ran our financials. And I'm looking at some numbers. Based on what you've told me you want to build, we have spent over a million dollars this year with hotels and AV companies just running our events. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, Dang. no, that would actually pay for and be your facility that you want would cost less than that. Yeah. To, to finance it. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually have more than enough money now in the budget already being spent to build your facility. And I'm like, Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> So let's do it, right? And I'm looking at him like, so should we do it? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, well, shit, I'll call. What do I do? Do we call a realtor? What kind of realtor do you call for this? Oh, right, like, we knew nothing, right? right? So we're starting right. to put the pieces together. But going back to your original question, um, I've always wanted to teach entrepreneurs. So this is before I really started looking at the, the God perspective of it. But as I've matured as an entrepreneur, I definitely feel very much so called to support entrepreneurs. My biggest thing here is entrepreneurs, we don't have a unified voice, dude. We're not represented in the government. We're the ones, you know, we're the ones moving and shaking, but we're so busy moving and shaking. When do we ever convene with one another and say, hey, let's march down to D.C. and let's do some lobbying? We don't got time for that. We, got right. businesses we to have run. businesses we to run. Today. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So we need a voice. So who's going to do it? If we don't get a voice, we're going to run. All, we're going to get run all over. If this social uh, socialist movement continues, dude, we are going to get screwed. Yeah. Excuse my language, but yeah. And there's no one out there fighting against it. And the big companies, yeah, they're helping, but they got their own motives, and their motives aren't necessarily in alignment with what we entrepreneurs need to be doing. Right. So, what do I define as change? Here's what I define as change. Um, I taught one of our students uh, over the last few months, myself and another uh, coach at our company. She came in, she was struggling, really talented, really skilled. This is just a few months ago. We taught her some things, got her lead flow going, taught her a couple of things about enrollment and this and that. This woman goes off within two months and does her first $100,000 a month in her business. Wow, that's awesome. She enrolls a few people, teaches them what we taught them. They go out and they start getting sales and they quit their jobs. So for me, I call this the pay it forward impact. So there hmm. are going to be people five, six levels down that'll have no idea who the heck Onyx Singal is. They're not going to know this person, but I will have had an impact in one way in their life transforming. So a change that I'm talking about is a change of financial independence. It's a change of people getting out of the molds they're placed in and innovating and having the freedom and the ability to create revenue, to innovate and do things. And I'm really talking about taking this to the countries that don't have it right now the countries that have most of our population in the world, but aren't contributing to the world. Right. And I talk about this in my TEDx talk. And what I say is, you know what? I challenge you, Josh, to do something today. I challenge you right now to walk around the whole day with your left arm behind your back. You cannot use it at all. You got to function all your tasks with only one arm and one hand. How much more difficult would your day be? How much less would you get done? How much slower would you progress? 
But if you look at actual statistical data, 50% of the world right now lives on less than $10 a day, way less than that. 35% of the world is considered extremely poor. They don't have the ability right now or the facilities or the faculties to contribute instrumentally to our world. So we as a world are right now walking around with one arm behind our back. 50% of our world is not contributing to our innovation, to science, to mathematics, to health, to anything. So we need to do something to empower, not give. I hate giving. Giving is stupid. I have a nonprofit and I don't give money to anybody. I want to empower people. So I want to find a way to go into that 50% and get them to rise up. I might give just long enough to get them to rise up. So my way of the way I say it is I'm going to give them a few fish while I teach them to fish. I don't want them to starve while they're learning, right. but I don't want to keep feeding them forever. Right. So if they stand up, they start to innovate. They start to contribute to our human society. That is how we solve the world's problems. And but, but we're not incentivized, man. The wealthy, the rich, the governments, they are not incentivized to empower that other hand. They want society walking around with only one arm and one hand. It's to their benefit. Yeah. It's how they stay in power. It's how they make more money. And I just, we got to find a way to unlock that. That's, okay. what, that's what I've talked about. And, and I love this topic because this is something that I'm very passionate about as well. My dilemma is, and I'm, and I'm curious to know if, if you have a solution to this because I feel like there's not one right now. Maybe, I don't know. But like, Half of the world, okay, let's let's look at the United States specifically. Like, pretty polar divide right now in the country, just a little bit, right, yeah. with, with everything. Like, I feel like a, a large part of America doesn't actually want to contribute, right? Like, they are, they want to be, they want to take a government check. They want to take, you know, government handout or whatever, or they feel like they are owed something that they deserve free college, that they deserve to have their credit card that wiped away or like whatever. And it's just like we're a consumer society, right? Rather than a contributor society. And what's weird is, is that like the people, like you said, the people in power and, and in government, like they want that because that gives them power. But the people that are on the receiving end of that, they, they don't see that. Right. They like they think that they deserve it all and they don't realize how much damage that that's going to do and that it is unsustainable. So, like, how do you educate the people that are on welfare or that are pro government handout? And I'm not talking about social issues of like abortion or like things like that. I'm talking about like actual just like the entitlement of, hey, we get we should get free money, free college, free whatever versus saying, look, like it makes way more sense long-term. Like if you really truly care about people, if you really true, truly want to contribute to the betterment of society, like how do you can like show people that? Because every time I talk to people, they're just like, well, you're a white privileged rich person. And I'm like, it's not about that. Right? You know what I mean? It's about like, we're trying to help the betterment of society here. Like, I'm, I'm literally waiting for the day where someone tells me I'm a brown privileged rich person. <laughs> I, I've not heard that yet. So, um, you know what, man? I have a very ruthless uh, approach to solve this, um, and I'm sure people will hate me for it, but you can't educate people out of it, okay? Let me give you basic human nature. This is who we are as, as, as a person, and this isn't millennials or zinennials or baby boomers. We're all like this. So right. I would use a very simple example, and, um, and it, will drive, it will explain our, our human greed and how we behave. So you ever been to Costco? Mm, yeah. All right. So 
some listeners may not have been. Costco is like a big ass store where you just, they, you know, they have everything. And it's, it's a like, wholesale and you have to have a membership. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they have lots of things like they have, um, they have a lot of times if you go during the midday, they have these samples, yeah. free food samples, right? Where they're giving out samples. So I have physically seen this happen in my own family. I've done this myself. And that is you take one and then you walk away and you come back five minutes later and you take another one. Or you ask yeah. your mom, hey, do you want one? She says, no, nah, I don't want to eat that. You say, mom, can you go get me one? And so she goes and gets you one. Yeah. Right? Now I see this play out when we have booths at, you know, we will, we will go to a, we'll set up a booth at an event and we're giving away some killer things, right? We're giving away expensive things, things that cost us five, $10 each. And a, and, a, and, a, and a kid will come and spin it and win something and we give the kid this prize. And then seven minutes later, I'm like, never seen you before right <laughs> or or right, you right. see you see the kid can't brings you know his sister or the mom and you can see the mom and dad in the back like hiding like they're the ones that encourage like go over there and get some more so when you are given the opportunity to get for free you as a human will take it i as yeah. a human will take it i will it's just primal things i don't know right. how to get rid of that the only way that you get me not to take it is don't offer it to me right don't give me an option. Right. You will be amazed at a human's capability and ability to solve problems, make things happen, and survive. Our survival instincts are huge. Yeah. But if you are giving people something, they don't have a reason to go out and fight for something more. Take away what you're giving them. Put some rules and policies around it. Don't make it forever, and they will find a way to get themselves taken care of. This is just how it works. You know, there was, um, so I've been studying real estate. So this is an actual, this is an actual thing. So when I'm studying real estate, you look at like multifamily real estate investment. There are certain states in which we are told invest in these states, do not invest in these other states. So I live in Maryland. One of the first states they say to not invest in is in Maryland. All right. Why? And by the way, most of the states that they say don't invest in happen to be blue. They happen to be democratic states. The reason is that the laws of those states favor the renter. Hmm. So if the renter is not paying you, it is very difficult to evict them. You may have to go three months, four months, six months of wow. non-paid rent and cost an additional seven to 10 grand in eviction notices and legal fees to get rid of them versus in other states, one or two months of unpaid rent, get out, okay? Now, I know, I sound horrible, right? Like maybe they're going through a tough time. Maybe someone had a hard, hard hit. And they can't, you know, I've been, I, I've been a landlord before. There was someone who didn't pay me rent for three months. I didn't kick them out. I talked to them. I, 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 I'm a human. I understood they're going through some right. tough times. It's okay, no problem. We'll work it out. Not all businessmen, not all companies and businesses are innately evil. This is a misunderstanding that somehow has brewed in our world. But right? and, yes. And with that, sorry to cut you off here, but I think this is an important point. We also have to understand this difference between you as a human being and the business that you are running. Because like in order for that housing unit to even exist, there has mm-hmm. to be cash flow. Like there yeah. has to, like you have to treat it as a business. So like you as a person can care and you as a person could help someone, but that doesn't mean the business itself needs to. And I think that people Absolutely. can't separate the two of them. They're like, oh, you're the business owner. Therefore you should have to blank. And I'm like, but when the business fails, like all the other people that are paying their rent suffer. And I don't think people realize that. So exactly. Right. So 
so we're going to go right into that. And I'll prove it to you. So basically, we're told invest in these other states where the the laws are more in favor of the landlord or are more in favor of the the, the person who owns the building. Right. And all of a sudden, if you look at the statistics of like how many people def- how many people are evicted for non rent payment, it's far less in the states that really? favor hmm. the landlord than it is in the states that don't, because they understand gotta pay rent. If you don't pay rent, I'm gonna get kicked out. They make it happen. They pay it right. Right. The other thing is those states have faster real estate growth. They got more people like me. I'm here. I'm in Maryland. I would love to invest my money in Maryland so I can grow the economy in Maryland. Right. But it puts my money at risk. So guess where I go? I go to Florida. I go to Texas. I go to Idaho. I go to other places. Right. Ohio, not Idaho. Ohio. I go to these other states, and that's why these states are growing faster mm. because they're making policies that favor businesses. God forbid. Right. But then but then what happens? The business is flourishing. It's able to put more money into its buildings. They're able to build more apartment houses. They're able to build more buildings. More people have more access, more inventory, drives rent down, more people can afford the rent. But this only happens when you incentivize people to invest money. And guess what? Guess who invests money? The rich. Yeah. So when you go against the rich, it's just hurting your overall economy and it ends up hurting the very people that you want to help. Okay, I think this is an excellent topic and transition into that right there. Um, most of the listeners on the podcast are, are entrepreneurial related or entrepreneurial focused. However, a lot of them run into, and there are some listeners that uh, think that you know Trump's tax cuts only favored the rich and that tax cuts on the rich are bad. Or the one that I find the most hilarious, people actually think that Amazon paid zero dollars in taxes last year, right? Like, don't, don't <laughs> me it makes me so mad. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I did a whole podcast episode of ranting about that. I hate it's that. So, it's so bad. Like, it's not, that's not a thing. Like, whatever. Yeah. But so what would you tell someone? Like, let's say I'm an entrepreneur and I'm like, man, Onik, like, dude, I got all my friends telling me how mad they are at business owners and how mad they are at the rich because the rich are getting all these tax breaks and Trump is favoring, you know, Trump is, uh, tax breaks are favoring the rich. The rich are getting wealthier. The CEOs are making more money, yada, yada, yada. Like, for you and I, I understand that. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome because now they can take that money and like invest it. But like, how would you explain that to someone that is either A, against it or what would you tell someone like, okay, if somebody tells you that, here's the, what the response you should give them is. Yeah, so it's exactly what I said. Um, what, what do the rich do when they get a tax break? I did, a, I, I, okay, first of all, just I got to plug this because anyone who says Amazon doesn't pay taxes, go to my podcast, please go to onicpodcast.com. I did a whole episode. Just do a search for Amazon. I proved to you how much flipping money they give to our economy. It is ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So do not even start with me on that argument. It, it is the one thing that makes me the most upset because it's just ridiculous. It's uneducated um, information. Now, the second thing is I did this, I did an interview with Tom Wheelwright, one of the entire world's most foremost tax experts. And he said something that's brilliant in it, and that can be used to explain to people that are saying those who don't pay taxes are evil. The tax code is, I forgot how many pages. It's like it's some 500 10. or 600. The tax code, like the whole tax bill, isn't it like 10,000 pages or something like that? But only like yeah, it's or, ridiculous. Like 10 or it's, 15 it, of them are actually how, what taxes to pay? It's, it's thousands of pages. So he makes this interesting point. The government created a tax code to actually help you not pay taxes. 
Let me get through this real quick because this is actually, you got to understand this before you go buy into the nonsense you're hearing on, by politicians. So the government understood and understands innately at a deep level that private-public partnership is the only way you grow an economy. Yeah. They understand that you've got to incentivize the private sector to put money in, and that's how you grow and boom an economy. So they created a tax code that incentivizes certain action that the government has statistical evidence is going to grow the economy. So when there is a tax write-off, it is because there is an investment being made that has a long-term benefit. Here's the biggest – I've kind of started to – I'm going to say something. I'm probably going to get bit in the ass for it, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, I've started to see this division of what Republicans think like and what Democrats think like. And I always use this analogy of the golden goose. There's a goose that lays you a golden egg every day. One day you wake up greedy as crap, you cut its neck off, reach in, and you want to grab all the gold at one time. Well, you get two or three pieces of gold, but now you killed the golden goose, you don't get an egg every day. I kind of feel like that's how people look. Democrats seem right now want to just cut the goose's neck, reach in, grab everything, but in five years, 10 years, we're going to have nothing. This country will be done, gone, right? So think about the tax code as that. The government has figured out that we can, if we forego an egg right now, we will get 10 later. So we, let's do that. So the tax code is actually created specifically to inspire and instigate investment into economy. So let's, let's talk it out. Here's an entrepreneur who saved a bunch of money on taxes, thanks to the cuts. And let's talk about exactly what I'm doing with the money that I saved. And this is a direct example of how it works in the economy's favor, in this country's favor. And, and, and you that are is, definitely, you're definitely considered the 1%. Yeah, I would think so. To be very, so. to be very clear, you're definitely yeah. a one presenter. I am a uh, brown rich person, as as uh, we were talking about. So I get it. I have no problem with it. Look, I've worked really hard. Anyone right. who knows me knows I work really hard. Anyone tells me I'm lucky, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. All <laughs> the no, no holds barred. I will slap you, and I, I don't like it. It's the worst thing you can say to me. So um, I'm taking this money, and so there is this tax code created. You're, you're going you're gonna, to like, pass out when, when I tell you this because it's kind of like ridiculous, but it's amazing. So when you invest into real estate, what Trump did with his tax code changes two years ago, he created accelerated depreciation on real estate investment. So you get to do over before you put money into real estate, you get to depreciate like two, 3% a year over like yeah, three I remember years. That. Yeah. Now you could take a huge chunk of that. I'm talking a sizable portion of your investment deducted year one. All of it from your income. This is going to annihilate taxes for some rich people. So what, what, do, what do people say to that right away? They come, oh, duh, of course, Trump's a real estate guy. He just wants to make more money. He's doing it for himself. All right, cool, probably. Maybe he is. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. How does this impact me? Right. I have not invested into real estate. It's now been 15 years I've been earning good money and I've never. I just never even looked at it until my accountant told me early this year and said, look, you have been making big investments in your business. They're about to turn around and make you big profits. You need to set up some plans so you don't pay taxes, right? And as I'm having this conversation, I'm like, man, this is going to come out one day if I run for Senate or something. Like, I'm going to get completely wrung, wrung in the neck for it. But then he keeps talking, and I'm like, oh, I get it. And he says, we need to get you to start doing real estate investment because that major real estate investment gets you to wipe out your income, and you don't have to pay the taxes. And now all of a sudden, you incentivized a rich guy 
who's been sitting on his money, saving it for the company because he didn't see any reason to put it into the economy because there was no incentive to do so. I left it in my bank for me. Now I'm like, huh, I'm going to go make some apartment buildings. I'm going to go create some housing. And then I'm like, well, let me do that in my local area. I love Maryland. And then I realized, oh, no, 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 no. I could be putting myself up for a big problem there because the laws don't incentivize it. So what do I do? Hey, Dallas. Hey, Texas. Hey, Florida. Hey, Ohio. How you guys doing? Let me build your economy. Right. At least I'm still helping the country. I'm a, like, people don't realize it, right? My nationality might be Indian, but I'm a true patriot, man. I bleed red, white, and blue. I love this country. And I'm giving back to it. And I'm proud now that I'm putting my money into the economy helping the economy, but that is money. We're talking multiple six figures, potentially in the near future, multiple seven figures that I would be sitting on in my bank account, not and in the now, market. And now I'm putting it into the economy. And it's generating Boom. cash flow and the, you're there getting tax money on it. And you're yes. creating jobs and... Precisely. Yes, I will make some money from it. Yes, I will earn more from it, but I am giving housing to people. I am growing economies. We are encouraging in those areas I'm investing in. Businesses are coming in, setting up places. New buildings are being built. Competition is decreasing rent. Jobs are being created. Hello, that's what we've been wanting in this world. That's what we need in this country. That's how we built this country. That's, what, that's why someone not paying taxes is a good thing. They put that money back in to the economy, which creates the very jobs and stability that we need. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I say, it's crazy because the proposals being put out are going to, they're going to hurt, man. I did a whole episode on, on a tax breakdown. How do we pay for, for all of this? I, I mean, you can't argue with it. It's statistical. It's mathematical. It's factual. I literally do not understand. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until the debates start where there's Trump versus whoever the democratic person is. Because if I was Trump, I'm just going to sit on the stage and the whole time I'm just going to say, how do you pay for it? No, no, no. Prove it. Show me math. Numbers right now. I'll bring a whiteboard on the debate stage. Go ahead. Do the math. We're trillions of dollars off. You know how we pay for it? Very simple. We pay for it the way Europe pays for it, the way India pays for it, the way every other country out there pays for it. They have a, something called a value-added tax. It's VAT. VAT, value-added tax. India just introduced one called GST. Same thing. Uh, and that is a tax on consumption. You can't get away from it. I don't care how much you make. If you make, make $10,000 a year, if you make a million a year, you all pay VAT. You all pay GST. That's the only way. You tax the crap out of sales. You tax the crap out of food, restaurants. So you're, you're okay with that? I'm not okay with that. It's going to destroy. Oh, I was like, wait, I, I, thought, I thought that you said you were just okay with that. With the, with no, I'm saying, I'm saying that's what's going to happen. Are, oh, are right, you right. like anyone listening right. who, wants, who wants to tax? Anyone listening who wants all these entitlement programs, who wants healthcare to be completely free, college to be completely free, travel to be free, I don't know, whatever, everything to be free, walk around, free, free, free. How do you pay for it? It's going to be out of your pocket, man. You're going to pay for it because the rich don't have enough income to pay. Even if we paid 50% taxes, right. there isn't enough money to pay the trillions of dollars. It will come through a value-added tax, which is paid for mostly by the middle class and the lower income class. Because the the rich are way smarter than that, right? And they have the ability to hire people that tell them how to avoid those things. And I think there's a huge misconception around, yeah, okay, Jeff Bezos is worth a hundred billion dollars. It's not like Jeff Bezos has got a hundred billion bucks just chilling in the bank, right? Like it's it's all tied up in assets, right? I mean, like I'm sure I'm sure he's got a few hundred million in liquid cash that he could have at his disposal at any given time, but. 
in percentage to how much he actually controls and contributes, like that's a very small amount of money. And I don't think people understand that like, I, I, one of the dumbest political things that I've ever seen happen, which just happened recently when Amazon was going to move to New York and they wanted that tax cut and it was going to yeah. be $4 billion. And the Democrats came in and they, they shoved Amazon out and they're like, Hey, you know, like we just saved $4 billion. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you didn't save yeah. any money. Like Amazon was going to pay you like, I don't know how much it was, $10 billion. They were asking for a $4 billion discount. So guess yeah. what? You just lost $6 billion. Yeah. And all the, like, I just, it doesn't, what blows my mind is the lack of logic in this country. It, it just, yeah. like there's, there isn't any of it there because we're all emotional because we've, we've been programmed. And by the way, as someone that is, significantly benefited from social media, right? Like I have made a lot of money, grown a lot of followers. My whole entire success can be contributed to a social media platform. I think yeah. that a large reason that our country is the way that it is today is because of the instant gratification that social media brings and the culture that we've created through that. And so people literally can't see past the right now. They can't even see to the effects of tomorrow. And I think goose, that like, that has to change. But like, yeah, yeah the goose, I mean, I think that sums it up. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't understand how people are so blind to it. It's crazy. Cause uh, Amazon went to Virginia. Um, they were almost coming to Maryland. They were actually going to be like 20 minutes up the street here. And then we have the same, same, same problem here. Right. I so we're gonna go on a, and Virginia is going to make billions a year from it and give a billion or two a tax cut per year and make billions more, more jobs, more everything. Now I had a conversation. So this is again, shows thinking mentality. I have a very dear friend, love him to death. He's, he's, he's liberal. I mean, he's liberal. And uh, we're sitting around. We were not talking politics. That's kind of our policy. We don't talk politics. So don't talk politics, yeah. He's sitting there, and um, he's like, man, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, actually, this conversation actually took place. He's like, man, I ordered from Amazon like yesterday morning. It's supposed to be here today. Like, where is it? Where's my package? Like, I really want this, like a game. He literally wants to play this game. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, brother, we sit in an environment where you order something online and like, the next day it shows up at your door. Like, let's just be grateful for that. And he goes, I don't understand why Amazon can't just figure out the same day delivery. They're doing it in LA and other places. Why can't they just do it here? And I'm, and I'm looking at it and I couldn't help myself. I'm like, so let me get this right. You hate Amazon because you're convinced they don't pay anything in taxes. And you hate the fact that they're so successful, but yet you want them to serve you at an increased level and provide you same day delivery invest more money that's going to cost them an arm and a leg but you don't want to give them any incentive to do it and he looks at me and he's like well well, well they got enough money i'm like that's the thing we are humans we're incentive driven you want me to behave a certain way incentivize me look at a little child okay you want a child to behave properly you create incentive programs it's just how we're wired so if you want amazon look at all the things amazon's given us ladies and gentlemen come on we read differently today because of amazon Look at the automation being brought to our homes. Look at the crazy things that they have invented and given us same day delivery. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Right? Like even one day delivery was like, two insane. day delivery was crazy. And then one day and then same day now, they're, they're doing so many crazy things that takes billions of dollars of investment. And the government comes in through the tax code that by the way, you have access to. I write off every year. Okay, I write off a lot of R&D. It's R&D tax code because the government says, you know what? We'll forego a little bit of tax money today for a ton later. 
Right. You know, we'll forego a little bit of tax money right now for you to create jobs, employment, stability, housing, food, blah, blah, all of this stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just for me, I, I get frustrated because it's just simple understanding of human nature. If you can just understand the way we as humans behave, it will help you understand how we need to run the government. If you don't want to look at stats, if you don't want to look at facts, if you don't want to look at countries that have tried socialism and communism and fallen apart, if you don't want to look at any of that, just look at your innate human desire. You know what, man? I got to tell you something. Tomorrow, Josh, if you start giving me a million dollars a month and you're like, here you go, man, take it. I'll probably still work, but bro, I will be a lot less. In, I'll be like, all right, you know, I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to take two weeks off. Uh, you right, know, I won't show right. up at work at eight in the morning. I'll show up at 11 or 12 or one. Like, me being an entrepreneur, I might still do a little bit, but I'm going to do a lot less. Right. And, and that's me. Like, that's bucks, me. Right. I'm not talking about anyone else. I'm talking about me. I'm the most ambitious, out, like crazy person. I'm work hard. You give me enough. I'll right. be like, all right, take it easy. Right. No, I get that. Um, do you have any fear or thoughts on uh, maybe monopolies in, in big businesses and companies? Because like, I don't think we've ever seen ever before in history the power of say, and I'm just going to use like maybe the top five, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Google companies, right? Like, yeah. like Facebook, I mean, the government is legitimately fearful of what Facebook could do with the amount of user base. And then they talked about, in, you know, doing cryptocurrency or whatnot. So like, do you think that a company can get too big, too powerful, too much free cash on hand, that it could be more powerful than the government or that that's something that we should be afraid of? Or do you think the free market always works itself out and that they'll split up when the time is right because the market will say it? Got to be honest, man. I, I lean a little bit more on the side of the free market working itself out. Am I a little bit scared? I guess. I do look. I, I, I understand one thing. I was, I was watching a uh, what's it called? Liberty something in Levin on Fox. Um, and he, oh, was yeah. he was interviewing this PhD um, who's, who's a Democrat, who's a Clinton supporter. And he did this whole study. He's devoted the last like five or six years. I'm actually going to do an episode in my podcast about it. He's devoted five or six years just to studying um, Google's active manipulation of the human mind. Like he's figured out and he tracked it back during the elections in 2016. He shows how they were through the slightest little things. You wouldn't even recognize them, wouldn't even know how they were liberalizing, right? Um, and so when you look at the fact that the kind of data they have and what they can do when turned evil, um, I do get a little scared. Here's where I believe free market works itself out. When you're that big of a behemoth, it's also really, really difficult to keep your conspiracy contained. So things start to leak, things start to come out, alternate options come out. Look. When Yahoo existed, no one ever thought that there could be any other search engine than Yahoo. And then Google pops up out of nowhere. You know, when Facebook was and is what it was, is or was, I don't know, no one ever thought another platform could ever really step up. And there's been plenty that have stepped up. New things are coming out every day that are challenging the status quo. Um, I'm a little bit more scared of AI, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm scared I, of robots. I agree. I, I probably spend more time thinking about robots than I do thinking about what, you know, because I think robots will then take over Google, Facebook, and everybody, and then we're all screwed. So, yeah, uh, I heard some statistic that Google has invested some, I don't know, it was like 20 or $30 million into um, how to destroy AI if it gets out of hand. Like they're investing like tens of millions of dollars into that because, like, they're so afraid. I mean, obviously they've invested hundreds of millions in it, but like, 
they're even aware of the fact that if it were to get out of hand, like they've got to have a way to shut it down. Yeah. So um, there's, I don't remember where I read this, but I'm pretty sure it's true. What, what they did. Um, I, I never, well, I read, I know I read it. I didn't like go back check it. Right. Right. Um, they've done multiple times. They have had two AIs talk to each other to develop a relationship. And so it'll be like Google and Amazon, their developers show up in a secret place and plug their AIs in and say, talk. Right. And what they figured out, this is done between multiple companies in multiple situations. And what happened was that both the AIs figured out that the language of English is completely inefficient for communication. No. The lies, <laughs> in front of the developers, they created their own language. What? And the developers no longer understood what the communication was between the two, two, two AIs. And in all situations, I've had to plug out the AI because they didn't know where it was going. Now, that's that. Now, also, there was a video I watched where uh, this is a true thing. You can look it up. NASA, I forgot what it's called, what his name is, has an, a floating AI guy. It's a, it's a floating screen with a big smiley face, and it talks to you. And it's meant to help astronauts. So the astronauts can talk to it and say, hey, I need to perform this procedure on this thingy. How do I do it? And it will give them instructions back. This thing goes rogue. The astronaut had to call down and say, turn it off. Now it starts fighting with the astronaut because the astronaut asks it to play some music. It starts to play music. And then the astronaut, because they were doing a demo of recording it just to show people. And in the video, the astronaut's like, all right, enough. Stop the video. And it says no. And it keeps playing the music. And the astronaut is like, please stop. And it doesn't. And then the astronaut calls down to, to uh, headquarters and says, can you turn this thing off or stop it from playing music? And you know what it says back to him? It says his name and says, be nice. And so it gets rogue. It gets angry. And they had to plug it out. They took it off. Um, there are many instances of AI that I've watched videos of where yeah, AI is joking about <laughs> The robot actually says a joke. It, it, the human talking to it says, well, what do you think about human society? And it says, you know, there's a robot that says it'll be better when it's all dead. And then the robot goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and like everyone, you can see people in the audience are like, uh, what? So one of the robots, um, God, I forgot her name. Sophie, I want to say. She's been, um, she's officially received citizenship from Saudi Arabia. And um, she, she's like an official citizen of the world. Like she's Saudi Arabian citizenship, which is very ironic in its own light. But anyway, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, separate topic, which I never understood. Right, um, right. But, but uh, she has made jokes about it. Um, they have had her talking to other AI robots, and they have eventually come to the topic of how humans must end. And she's speaking at an event I'm speaking at in Singapore next month. Wait, the robot is? Yes. No way. I have an image here, dude. I have an image where they're promoting the speakers, and I'm like, she's on the image. What? Like, in the ad. I want to come. When, when is this happening? It's in Singapore, um, October twenty third. Oh, we're not um, gonna be there. Dang it. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask the. I've been meaning to message the um, the uh, the event organizers and be like, what is that? But her picture's there. I recognize her picture, and I'm like. Holy crap! I'm speaking with a robot. Like the robot is sharing a stage at some point, the same stage that I'm speaking at. That's nice. I don't know what I mean, but you know, yeah, man. I mean, this is real. Like we, we, our cars are driving themselves, dude. How long until it decides to drive right off of a cliff because it doesn't like me? 
Like this is actually happening. My wife's Tesla can right now on the highway drive itself. She uses it all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm driving. She's like, use it. I'm like, uh-uh, no chance. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. What do, you, what do you think of Elon? Elon has said AI is going to ruin us Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. Elon has been very critical of AI. And I yeah. watched the, the, the keynote that he did with the Alibaba founder, dude. Over oh in, my God! Uh, Did you see his faces? Uh, oh Elon my God! Clearly thought that guy is a that moron. guy's a lunatic, right? Like, and, and yeah. the guy's richer than Elon is, right? He's like this big huge. This he's like, yeah, yeah. We don't have anything to worry about in AI, and and Elon's like, you clearly have no understanding of what this actually is. Yeah. But like, do you like Elon myself? Yeah, man, I love Elon. I, I just, you know, he's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He doesn't give a crap. Yeah, he doesn't. He's doing Not what at he's all. doing guy is smart man yeah. i mean he is brilliant like iq up you know wherever um he's not a nice guy but who cares steve right. jobs wasn't a nice guy either and i'm damn thankful for my iphone and my mac and everything right. else um i think elon is going to continue to evolve i think he's going to do big things in the world and i don't think he gives a crap i don't think he, you think he's, he's an one alien? of the rare people that even the government will not be able to hold back yeah i think so too well yeah. just because he has done so much and has proven himself so much, you know what I mean? Like he, he'll find a loophole, he'll find a way, or he'll just do it. Right? He'll like, just go to a different. He'll go to a different country and do it. He uh, he's got. Uh, right. He, he'll just he'll just do it. Like I, I love watching him as far as like the boring company is concerned, and he's like, yeah, we just dug a hole in the ground, yeah. and they're like, we just dug a hole. He's like, yeah, we're like, I wonder if this would work. So he just went out and got a permit and dug a no, hole in the ground. We didn't ask anybody. We just did it. Where, I saw the interview. I was like, where do you get a permit to dig a hole? He's like, you just ask. And yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like. I mean, if you ask, they'll say yes. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've never thought to dig a hole. Maybe it's not that hard. Maybe I can go put a petition in right now and start digging. I don't know. I never yeah. even thought. I thought I'd get rejected, but then maybe it's not that hard. All right, all right. And they just did it in an afternoon. Oh, man. Um, real quick, though, I do, we, we, we're running a little short on time here um, just because I have a hard stop afterwards for an interview. But I want to talk real briefly about startup entrepreneurs and people that are just getting started. Um, I think that one of the big problems with social media and maybe entrepreneurship today is that it's very glorified. It's sexy. It's this cool thing that everybody wants to do. Like, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to have a following on Instagram or I'm going to be an entrepreneur or like whatever. When the, I mean, the economy is in the you know, best economy, one of the best economies of all time and the biggest bull run ever, you know, like everything's up very easy right now to make money. Very easy right now to be an entrepreneur. Um, what advice do you have to like the starting out entrepreneur to kind of cut through the noise and to kind of like, go out there and get started in entrepreneurship for that person yeah. that's there that maybe they've started, maybe they're having, maybe they're thinking about it, you know, under that under 20, $30,000 a month entrepreneur to go like out and start really, truly like becoming a real entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you advice that everyone listening is going to be like, God, that was the fluffiest, most generic piece of crap advice ever. But I mean, I've now taught over a million entrepreneurs. I have seen students that have failed miserably. I've student, I've seen students who've taken off and failed. I've seen students who've taken off and just never come back. And I'm going to tell you, and I've seen myself, right? Because I've had ups and downs and I'm, I can track my story the most uh, closely. If you are starting a business or becoming an entrepreneur for the vanity of it, vanity meaning money, fame, power, any of this stuff. Right. Let me write this and I will sign it in blood and you can hold me to it. You will fail. Maybe not now. So sure, reach the glory. You might have a million followers on Instagram. You might get recognized at airports. You might be able to stretch your stuff, get paid $100,000 for an endorsement and have people worship you. But how long? A year, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Dude, someone else is going to come along. People will change. Market will change. Your followers grow up and at some point don't give a crap anymore. All right? And they move on. 
and you didn't. You're still posing with little, you know, selfies and all of that. And I have I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and I do this because they're not really entrepreneurs. They're like, I want to make money, I want to make money, I want to make money. Well, great. If you, all you want to do is make money, do not become an entrepreneur. Right. Go drive for Uber or work at McDonald's. You make money there. Or, or even <laughs> go a traveling salesman or something like that. There's way more exactly. money in sales. Yeah. Entrepreneurs need to do something they're passionate about and they need to solve a problem and create value. This is how I define entrepreneurship. I do this in my book, Escape. And I say entrepreneurship is very simple. An entrepreneur finds a problem, solves a problem, but as a byproduct, creates value. And that's the important thing. So if you're out there and you're running a dropshipping store and you're selling trinkets, I'm going to ask you a simple question. What value are you creating? Not much. So guess what's going to happen to your store eventually? It's going to go out of business. Guaranteed. You might do well for a year, two years, whatever. It's going to go out of business eventually. If you don't figure out what value you're creating, right? At least if your trinket could be unique, at least if it could have some kind of market that it fulfills some desire, you're creating value, right? Maybe you sell iPhone covers, but they're for gamers and there's something specific. So when I get it, the value you create is the happiness I get for being connected to the thing that I bought. But if you're not creating value, you're going to die. So stop chasing the money. Take a step back. That's what we're doing here at Learn Now big time. We're stopping the biz op mm. feeling of everything. And we're starting to get entrepreneurs in a room and we're starting to say, what are you good at? What do you want to do? What's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? How do you want to make an impact? And if they can't answer that question, I tell them, go leave. Come back when you have the answer because there's no point in us chasing our tails. That's exactly what's going to happen. How many? I cannot tell you how many entrepreneurs I have helped that have made money and fallen apart. That's mm. what happens. That's what I did the first time. And I went, I made a ton of money. I fell $1.7 million in debt. Oh, that was money. And now I'm doing something for the passion. And you know what? Even when we have the hardest days in this company, I come with just as much vigor yeah. and passion. And I get us out of it because I know what change I want to create. I know what value I want to create. And unless you can answer that question, it's the most core fundamental question. That's the difference between you just making some money and being an entrepreneur. Don't call yourself an entrepreneur unless you're creating value. Period. Yeah. Is the statement, assuming obviously not, not including poverty, right? Like obviously comfortable lifestyle. If you're making 50, 60, 70, $80,000 a year. Okay. Is the statement more money, more problems pretty real? I mean, absolutely, dude. I got more problems in my life today than I ever did. And um, the only reason I'm willing to deal with them is because I'm trying to create this massive transformation and I could get away from them. I could stop everything right now and be hunky-dory and good, but then the amount of money I'm making would slow down too, right? Right. So problems, why do we look at problems as bad? That's my question. So my problems that come in my life are all good problems because as I solve each of them, I create more value and I'm helping myself, I'm growing and I'm creating value in the world. So yes, more money, more problems, but problems aren't necessarily a bad thing. They are opportunities for you. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Onik, this has been awesome. Uh, I do have yeah, to man. run. We got to wrap it up. Um, but uh, I want to move. We always do some rapid fire questions right at the end. Uh, yeah. and, and with one, so I want to switch to rapid fire questions, but, um, before uh, actually the first, before I get into that, uh, where can people find out more about you? I know you kind of plugged your podcast a little bit, but like, give us an actual yeah. plug here. Of, of um, yeah, man, thanks. I, I'd love for people to just follow us at the fighting entrepreneur. That's actually how Josh and I have become friends. If we just Josh each other, uh, no pun intended. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fighting entrepreneur, you can go to onikpodcast.com, A N I K podcast.com. We got three episodes a week, all entrepreneur-related stuff. Freedom Fridays, you might love them. That's where I get political, talk controversial stuff every Friday in episodes to really with facts and data to break open your mind and get through the rut of blue and red. Um, and then, of course, please sign up at learn.com, L-U-R-N.com. Get connected into our community. It's free, lifetime free membership. You get to join in and be a part of the movement that we're doing here. Um, and then, of course, you can find me on social media, all the handles. You know, Just type in Onyx and all on any of them, you'll see me. 
Awesome. Well, we will link those all down below in the descriptions, also in the emails as well. So check it out, guys. Onyx, pretty, pretty cool dude. So we're going to move to rapid fire questions, but make sure to check that out. Um, first rapid fire question I have for you. Do you follow ClickFunnels at all? I do. Well, obviously, I know Russell from the day I started, but I, right. I don't follow them on a day. I don't use them. Let me put it that way. Okay. Russell's got, and, and I'm just going to show the camera this. This is Friday the 20th. So this is hap- I'm asking this question before it happens. He's, he's got selling a big and he's stepping down as CEO. You think he's going to sell? Yeah, he's selling. He's you think so? I don't think he's going to sell, bro. I mean, we'll see. But oh, Okay, here's, here's what I know for sure. He's stepping down as CEO. Hmm. All right, we'll see. That, that's what I feel. I, dude, I've watched the messages. Now, this man, I'm going to tell you something, all right? One thing I, I love the most about Russell Dude knows how to generate buzz, all right? So, so I also much. <laughs> I could also see Russell coming out on Monday and being like, "Hey guys, here's my new book." Right, like, right. I could see that like, and psych, and hacking live people. <laughs> yeah, and I and I would love him for it. I'd be like, dude, he, he knows how to do this. He's master at this, man. I've watched this guy since the day he was selling potato guns. I've seen his whole career move forward. It's been a it's been an honor to watch it. Um, but I think it will be something big. I can understand. Listen, I know for me, what I'm trying to build at Learn. At the, at, the, at the percentage of what he's doing, and I know what I go through every day, I think he's going to be highly involved, but I think the man needs a, to, a break. And I, I think, think so that, too. Um, so I think whatever it is, I don't know about the selling or not, but it would make sense. You got you to read between his lines. Like you got to read all and listen, and, and you got to yeah. watch the emotion. Look at his emotion in that first video. That emotion says everything. There's yeah. a separation feeling. There's a a, a lost feeling in his eyes, in my opinion. And I, I, that's how I would feel if tomorrow I was announcing that, hey, I'm no longer CEO. Of Stan- I, I, I would hurt. Like, I'd probably yeah, I, I do think he's probably he's stepping down. I feel down. like it's the best thing. Yeah, what, do think think what do you think he's doing? I think he's going to step down. I don't think he's going to sell. I, I don't think he's going to go public. Um, I, going public is against everything that he stands for. So- he can't go public. That one's out the window. People yeah. are silly. You yeah. can't make a public announcement about going public. That's against the SEC's rules. So, so, so there you go. So he's not going yeah. public and I don't think he's going to sell. I do think, here's my one bold prediction, if you will, about whatever it is. Whatever's going to happen here, it 100% is going to be a promotion for Funnel Hacking Live 2020. Like, he's going to promote that hard and that is going All to be right. the ultimate goal of it. So watch, I know his book, I, I watched him at, uh, speak at Steve Larson's event. I was there. His book's not coming out till May 4th of next year or, or uh, Cinco de Mayo of next year. Sorry. Uh, May 3rd, right? Yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, um, Cinco de Mayo is May 5th. May 5th. That's what I meant. Um, that's when his book is coming out. So it's not, he's not launching his book. Um, but I think he's going to step down probably. Um, I maybe buy a company, maybe, I don't know. I know they've been updating their terms and conditions like 20 times. Every time I log into Facebook, I got to accept the new terms and, or into ClickFunnels. I got to accept the new terms and conditions. Maybe he's just going to announce that he's having another baby. Maybe. <laughs> 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 well, no, ClickFunnels is going to have another kid. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Rapid, true rapid fire questions. Uh, what's your favorite airline to fly? Uh, Emirates. All right. Um, bucket list item that you want to do before you die. Ah, so many. Um, sell a company for a billion dollars or more. For a billion dollars or more. That would be sick. That'd be super, super yeah. cool. Um, what is your I'll, favorite- I'll tell you, as I get older and older every year, that goal becomes less and less. I don't really care as much. So I, 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 can, I can understand that. Um, yeah. what, what is, uh, maybe, oh yeah, well, favorite, you're, you're a car guy, right? Like what's your favorite sports car? I, the one I had, man, Audi R8, I got rid of her. Uh, it was her time, but I loved her. I love really. Her. That's um, the favorite, most favorite car. 
I love that car, man. Yeah. I, I have, I've been a big car guy for a long time, but I got to tell you again, as I'm getting older, you know what happens when you have the ability to buy any car you want, all of a sudden you don't really care as much. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I love my Rover. I have a SVR fast Rover sport. It's a limited edition, beautiful blue color. I love it to death. That's so, awesome. And my wife has a Tesla and I fight to drive that. I, so, I, I want a Tesla, man. I don't yeah. care. I, I, I trust Elon Musk too much. I'm like, if I die driving Elon Musk car, it'll be his fault, but I'll, I'm, I'll forgive him. Be I'll happy. Forgive him. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good. I'll die in my Tesla. Um, <laughs> all right. Last question I got for you. And this is a question that we ask everybody on the podcast. Any interview that I do, we always end with this question. And I've intentionally like not given you any context around it because I just want to hear your thoughts. I want you to fast forward to the end of your life and imagine you're on your deathbed and everything that you've done is gone, like just wiped away. Uh, no money, no fame, no impact. However, every single person that you've touched uh, and affected either directly or indirectly in this world, you get to leave them with a final message to kind of live out their life with or, or what's true to you. What is that message to them? It, it's got to be about the necessity of having a big dream and living every day, fighting for that dream and seeking their joy and fulfillment from the journey and not the end goal. So if you can find a way to enjoy every day, including the hardships, like I love the hardships. They're such a big part of my, my life. I love them. Um, if you can find a way to just love those, the only other thing I would say, which has been such a big part of my life, and it's the sole reason I'm successful, really question everyone in your life. Like find the best life partner, find the best, you know, best friend, find the best people to work with. If you surround yourself with the best people, you end up enjoying the journey. You end up being fulfilled every day. You end up living the life you always dreamt of. It's the people in your life that make the biggest impact, not the money. And the funniest thing is you figure out the people part, everything else falls in line. You make more money, you're happier, you get to live out your life. Examples, like for me to hit that billion dollar company, I gotta get the right people. Right. And they'll help drive me to the billion dollar company. So people, focus on the people and focus on living every day for the day and not for the end goal. I love it. I love it. Onyx and God, everybody. Onyx, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Any last thoughts or anything you want to say? Nah, man. I always, I always end my things. First of all, I want to say thank you to you and thank you to everyone that's listening. Um, you know, awesome stuff. Josh, love what you're doing. I love your podcast. I always just end with this. Look, guys, when life pushes you, stand straight, smile, and push it the heck back. That's it. Boom. I love it. Guys, this has been Think Different Theory with Josh Forty and uh, Onyx and Gall. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. Hopefully someday you're going to see me on Onyx podcast. I still got to convince him to let me on there, but uh, uh, I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.